A random encounter at a broadcasting facility. A shared interest and love of all things Marvel. Excelsior! A misinterpreted program title. And behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick. Podcaster and comic book enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson! Upstate New York radio announcer still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter, what are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Hi, this is Jeremy Lasky, co-founder of Perception. And this is Danny Gonzalez, co-founder of Perception. And you're you're listening listening to The The Marvelists with with Peter Melnick and Eddie Eddie Wilson. Wilson. Welcome, everyone, to The Marvelists, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. And before we get into the usual rigmarole of today's episode and introducing our special guests, we want to tell you all at home how you can get a hold of us on them, our social medias. And with some ado, here it comes. Well, it's much ado about a lot of stuff, Eddie. Yes, I know. Exactly. First off, go on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at... The Marvelists. Go on social media uh again just individual myself and on twitter wow easy for me to say twitter and instagram at peter melnick and eddie wilson is on social media instagram at eddie nine one nine three and facebook.com the guy in the sunglasses exactly facebook.com slash the guy with the sunglasses and it's probably going to be like some you know Corey hart a guy in a banana hammock he's got sunglasses on too he's just like hey here i am rock you like a hurricane Scorpions. (laughs) Scorpions. <laughs> okay. Anyway, also find us on a wide variety of streaming platforms. Tune in to Radio Stitcher Radio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, among many, many other platforms. But, of course, the big one. Go over to iTunes, rate, review, subscribe. Five star if you're ever so inclined because, hey, if you give this show good reviews, it helps get us out there into the uh, social podcasting sphere. Public domain. Oh, no, not the public domain because, I, you know. Private domain? Well, yeah, because, you know. Copyrights be damned. I still want to, you know, make the moolah off of this show. Oh, oh. Just saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Three years later? Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, go on. Also, let's see. What else do we got? We got Patreon at Patreon.com, a a place where we can make money, Eddie. Patreon.com slash... The Marvelous. And for as little as $3 a month to as much as... You can be able to help support the show. $3 gets you early access to episodes. $5 gets you everything from the $3 and up... $3 tier... And the ability to at listen. least help Peter with that stutter of his. Fra, 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 fra. Exactly. Ma, 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 ma. Anyway, $5 gets you, uh, what do you say? The bonus shows called You Haven't Read That and Fantastic Voyage. You Haven't Read That is Eddie's show where he talks about comics he's never read before and gives his unique input of things that he's never read before. It's Such not a, all my show. It's it's a part of it, but yeah, that's the but premise. It, but it's primarily your show because you are the focal point. That's the idea. So he's it's Eddie Wilson discovering things and learning. He's learning people. I, but in the month in the month of December, I'm going to be the uh, focus of that one, surprisingly. And we're going to be talking based on recommendation of the Rob Father, Rob Liefeld. We're going to be covering the first twelve issues of the Micronauts. Mic- exactly, and I. I've been hunting those down and really enjoying them. But the you also get the other bonus show called... You haven't... No. <laughs> he did them in reverse, so what do I do? Uh, yeah, Spin I keep you on out. your toes, Eddie. Fantastic voyage. And we cover all 102 issues, plus annuals, plus crossovers, plus tie-ins of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's legendary, iconic, and even... Fantastic. Run of... The Fantastic Four, the world's greatest comic magazine. And we talk about that. We're going on... 
we're we're going to be recording our November episode real soon, talking about issue number 16. But go back in the archives. We've got some other ones, including an episode with Tom Brevoort. We also have one with Tom Scholey, and I'm pretty sure we have Tom Thumb somewhere. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, speaking of which, that is the episode is titled the, what is it, Micro World of Doctor Doom. Sure. But anyway. Well, sure, I started reading it. You read it a long time ago. You have to refresh. Yeah, I'm going to. I'll take a special note. guest star, the amazing Ant-Man. Exactly. But also help support the show by going to belowthecollar.com slash. Oh, marvelous. And get the dad joke immune t-shirt because God, God willing. Well, that, well, well, willing or knows. God, whatever. You've made it this far. You are, in fact. Dad joke immune. Now, that was our opening credits of this show. And this is going to be my really uh, shoehorned in way of doing the introduction. Ladies and gentlemen, speaking of credits. We are speaking with the founders of Perception. And you might know Perception. If you're a Marvel fan from Iron Man 2 onwards, you know their work. You know their Emmy-nominated work, among many other things, such as WandaVision, which I will say, for the record, that was one of those shows where every single episode I would watch and I'd be looking at it intrinsically, just trying to figure out, you know, what is going on in this to the point where the end credits that the gentleman behind this uh that series or that those intro or though easy for me to say no it's not <laughs> evidently the credits i would look at those and be like there's gotta be clues here somewhere but just phenomenal stuff and that's my uh long meandering introduction for them much ado gentlemen welcome to the program How introduce about- yourselves <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, thanks for having us. I'm uh, Jeremy Lasky, co-founder of Perception. I'm Danny Gonzalez, the other co-founder of Perception. And first off, gentlemen, what was your very first introduction to Marvel growing up? Oh, that's a uh, good question. Uh, I'll go first. Yeah, go ahead. Um, it's going to be the Incredible Hulk series with Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno in 1977. Mm. And uh, I was hooked from the first episode uh, for all four and a half, five seasons of that show. Yeah, five. Sort of like a gateway drug into collecting comics. Uh, of course, only Marvel comics. And purely and, by coincidence, Jeremy, if you didn't realize, today, November 9th. Lou Ferrigno 70th. Bam, you got it. Yeah, I'm all over it, guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's your... <laughs> now, top that, Danny. <laughs> um... <laughs> I can't really top it. He's a little bit more of a fanatic than I am, but uh, I was introduced. Uh, basically, there was a comic book store between my house and my grammar school, so on the way home, I would always walk in there, get some candy, read some comics. So for me, it was uh, Spider-Man, Wolverine's my favorite, X-Men, of course, and then a little-known um, team called Alpha Flight was one of my uh, favorites as well. Big shout-out to friend of the show, Jason Ayers, WWE referee, a Alpha Flight super fan. But Ooh. it's it's really funny being able to see the influence of comic books on pop culture in general and the fact that, you know, you guys are at the forefront of the work involved with Marvel Studios is a fantastic thing to see. Thank you. Yeah. And how did the transition go from being, you know, comic book fans to pursuing and getting into this um some decided career you wanted to pursue uh, jeremy start with how did my love of uh, comic books get us into this yeah kind of a long meandering story um oh not enough wait as brief as possible wait but, one uh, one one long meandering story per episode please but go ahead yeah 
Um, you know, it certainly didn't happen overnight. Um, we started Perception 20 years ago. We're actually uh, hitting that milestone on Monday. Congratulations. Nice. Um, we started the company to continue the work that we had done together at another agency for many years called RGA, where Danny and I first met and started working together. Um, and when we began, we wanted to continue the work in, in television and break into film. Um, title sequences were something that I was very passionate about. And it just so happens that uh, when Perception was born, sort of coincided with the uh, first big blockbuster Marvel films. Uh, X-Men, of course, came out in 2000. Uh, the first Spider-Man movie came out in 2002, Tobey Maguire. Of course, then uh, sequels followed from there. There was the uh, uh, anticipated Ang Lee Hulk that was in pre-production uh, around that same time. You know, of course, we had plenty of DC movies growing up, but uh, we never really got the, the big-budget blockbuster Marvel film that we all craved as kids. You know, of course, we had some, uh, some Captain America B-movies and Fantastic Four, and, of course, you could, you could consider Blade one of the first Marvel movies as well. But it wasn't until uh, uh, X-Men and Spider-Man that, um, you know, we finally got what every Marvel kid, you know, craved in the 80s and 90s. Um, so, uh, you know, that kind of fueled us when we started uh, the company with all these films on the horizon and especially the Hulk film, which is uh, my, you know, number one character and the idea of possibly breaking into a title sequence for one of these upcoming Marvel films was, uh, was all we needed uh, to start that, I guess, crusade uh, to get recognized and introduced to anyone and everyone at Marvel uh, that we could find, um, we tried to uh, break into the Ang Lee uh, production of the Hulk by by some connections with his uh, with his producers and uh, some of the other folks on that film. It never materialized, and in retrospect, it's a good thing because I'm a very uh, I'm not a fan of that film at all. You know what they did to that character in that film is a whole other podcast. Oh, come on, you're not Talk a fan about. of when the Hulk uh, squints his eyes to transform into the Hulk? <laughs> no, it's just, yeah, that, that movie... Uh, He's got a sneeze. Yeah. What's that? He's got a sneeze, apparently. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, what that did was it just ignited us. Um, so then, uh, for many years, we continued to try to uh, figure out how to get in with Marvel. You know, of course, all the, the subsequent uh, Spider-Man films were happening, the X-Men films were happening, but... Iron Man was on the horizon, uh, the first Iron Man, of course, and then, and then a Hulk reboot with Ed Norton. Um, so that really doubled down our passion for wanting to uh, figure out how we can get introduced. And, you know, we tried many different avenues and many different uh, connections uh, and, and people that we, we managed to, to talk to and meet. But ultimately, it, um, the opportunity of a lifetime came with Iron Man 2, uh, which happened in 2009, uh, the, the work, of course, the film came out in 2010, um, and that was designing all of uh, Tony Stark's uh, digital interfaces around his home, from his clear glass smartphone to his smart mirror, uh, coffee table that had a smart surface on it, uh, the windows in his house, a lot of the hologram concept development work in his, uh, in his workshop with Jarvis. We got to work on over 120, 130 shots in that film when all was said and done. And that, that pretty much uh, changed the entire path of perception from that point forward. And it's, it's funny because, you know, 
as a diehard Hulk fan, a fellow Hulk fan, you know, it mu- it must, you know, stink a little just because of the fact, you know, they haven't done a Hulk movie. Like literally your first project is Iron Man. The previous one was Hulk and they haven't done a Hulk movie since. And I know you're probably itching to do a Hulk movie, just straight up Hulk. Yeah, 100%. Um, I, I, you know, I've heard rumors just like you guys. Uh, yeah. I'm sure you follow all the, the rumor sites and uh, Twitter accounts. I've heard rumors that might be something on the horizon. I have no knowledge of it whatsoever. Um, but I think, uh, you know, it's definitely overdue. You know, he certainly, he certainly uh, redeemed himself, the character, I should say, in Avengers. You know, I remember back when that film came out, uh, Joss Whedon was saying, like, he steals the movie and... You know, uh, the fact that he catches Iron Man at the end, you know, is really, you know, epic. And the whole scene where he says, I'm always angry. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of great moments. And, of course, the CG had um, evolved and uh, gotten so much better since, uh, since the Ang Lee movie, you know, that it was, uh, you know, it was, it, was, it was way more acceptable for uh, diehard Hulk fans um, than the first, <laughs> the first version we saw. Um, and of course, he's just continually improved as far as the uh, the rendering and the realism. Ever since, um, here's a little Marvel uh, insider. So uh, Jeremy sitting across from me is actually going to direct the next Hulk film <laughs> <laughs> because he's got the the the, the best idea ever. Is it's going to be a throwback to the way uh, they used to do it in the Ferrigno days. He's going to find somebody who's huge, <laughs> smack some green paint on him, it's the hey. way it should be. Little and the, tribute, and even the uh, the tech as far as the paint goes is more advanced and evolved. So uh, yeah, I think we're there. I'm so glad we're going back to practical effects. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, uh, as a kid uh, watching that show, and um, I don't know if you guys grew up with that as well, but uh, it was it was very believable. Uh, you know, no CG, no visual effects, no budget, uh, but just some very clever editing. Uh, great acting by Bill Bixby, um, and they just they, they, they made you believe that uh, Bill Bixby was transforming into Lou Ferrigno. You it, will believe a man can Incredible and, Hulk. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it took a long time for me growing up to realize it was two different people. Um, but, mm. you know, I, I've heard from a lot of fans that, uh, you know, when they were kids, they believed it too. And, you know, now it's just, it's just not the same. You know, you, you see a, a human being turn into a CG character, and, you know, you're watching a CG character. Well, for the record, you guys, uh, I watched it when it came out with my brother, and Peter was, you know, not around yet. So It's it's funny, too, because as of this recording on Tuesday, November 9th, uh, there's some articles going around on the Internet right now pertaining to the Bill Bixby, Luther Rigno Hulk, where Nicholas Hammond, former uh, guest of the show, got to you know, pick up that name. Yep. Uh, but yep. he recently did an interview, and he had spoken about they wanted to do a crossover between the two shows in the 1970s, and that would have been a hoot. Yeah, that would have been awesome. We actually got to interview the, the creator of the show, Kenneth Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on our YouTube channel for all you fans out there. It's a two-parter, and it was a dream come true. We went out there. Uh, he, he welcomed us into his uh, studio and told us all kinds of stories. He had some great you know, props. and He's a, he's a sci-fi TV genius. You know, he developed uh, Six Million Dollar Man, Bionic Woman, then The Hulk, then Alienation, and V, of course. Um, so, uh, you know, he just, he just did it right. I'm a, little too, I'm a little too slow on the uptake where I didn't realize for a long, long time that Alienation was supposed to be a, word, a wordplay of alienation. 
Yeah, so. and it's a, it's a story about you know prejudice and bigotry, um, and it's just it's just very well done. Everything he did was uh, was just brilliant. But going back over to the Hulk, you know, a lot of people out there want to see a standalone Hulk movie. And, you know, we kind of got Planet Hulk in the form of Thor Ragnarok. We got this. We got that. Mm-hmm. For yourself, what would be your dream Hulk movie? Like, what story would you want to see be put on the big screen? Uh, you know, I, I'm, just a, I'm just a huge fan of, of of the premise that Kenneth Johnson came up with of just a lonely man who's searching for a cure, you know, he's cursed. Um, and he's just, uh, he's just looking for a way to, to be rid of this, of this beast within him. Um, you know, I think that was just incredibly relatable. You know, everybody has, uh, hulks inside them, you know, that they're trying to keep down and everybody gets, uh, gets frustrated and angry and it just touched a nerve, you know, that show. Um, I also, you know, I, I believe that the, the 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 Hulk should be savage. It should be uh, unleashed and uncaged. So, you know, the the Hulk being smart and speaking and being funny and comical. I know it had to run in the comics, um, but uh, you know, true Hulk fans just want the you know this this savage beast that just has you know unlimited strength. Uh, the angrier he gets. It's kind of cool to see how well Hulk can be as a character in the sense that he can, you know, his intelligence can make him such a multifaceted character where there's certain kinds of versions that, you know, it gives you. You know, you have the Savage Hulk, then you have the Savage Monosyllable uh, Hulk, you have Professor Hulk, you have this, you have that, but there's a Hulk for everyone, and it's that's his costume change, you know, like, whereas mm-hmm. you'll have like, what's it called? Uh, Iron Man with all of his different suits. Oh, I like, you know, the Iron Man that has the green and gold or, oh, I like, you know, the Iron Man with the hot rod uh, red. But no, you have like, you know, Professor Hulk with the bunny slippers and the big gun. You have, you know, Hulk in the loincloth. And it's still predicative of that, you know, the person, the personality, the personality is the costume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, in regards to. Just overall with, you know, with Marvel, with the, the you know, the credit work you guys have done, especially, you know, my personal favorite one other than WandaVision is the uh, Spider-Man Homecoming one. Mm-hmm. Just overall that the playfulness of it and the, you know, the the uh, teenager's notebook look to it just absolutely knocks it out of the park. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of the uh, well. Of course, it was the idea behind it, but, um, you know, we wanted to do something a little bit playful, a little bit more, uh, you know, not so computer generated, so to speak. You know, obviously, we did it all through through animation and things like that, but we had a blast doing it. You know, we went to the art store, art supply store, where all the high school kids shop and, and just bought a bunch of uh, different uh, crafts and paints and clay and all that fun stuff, and, and that was probably... Uh, I would say one of the fun ones that we worked on. Sure, I think my, my kids came in, they did a little piece for it. So we had a we had a lot of fun doing that one. Danny, if you will, the name perception came from what whose idea and that you know, the beginning of what we're gonna call your you're gonna call yourselves? Um uh, so you know, well Jeremy's got this this uh huge fascination and he's an excellent magician as a side gig. Um, he does some great uh, magic tricks here at the office, but um, he, uh, 
we always talked about like messing with the mind, and one of the reasons we started the company when, you know, I know Jeremy mentioned earlier, we met at a company called RGA, and all the machines or, or the computers at RGA were like super high end. I mean, these things cost more than Ferraris <laughs> to buy and to maintain. So, you know, when we started Perception, we didn't have that kind of uh, bank account. So we pretty much started it, you know, on a dime and uh, with a couple of uh, Aqua G3s, if you remember those. Um, and uh, we started it with no money, and it was all about the perception of doing this high-end work um, on these low-end machines. And you know, I'd like to say we were kind of the uh, one of the founding fathers of founding studios of the desktop uh, uh, explosion, where you could do you know Final Cut had just been coming out, and After Effects was getting more powerful, and you had you know Photoshop, Illustrator, pretty much had all the tools that we needed. Uh, to do, you know, to, to start a studio, a small studio like Perception. Um, so that was the main, uh, I guess, reasoning behind the, uh, the name, uh, Perception, just to kind of like mess with people's minds. And, and to this day, we kind of, we do that in a lot of our title sequences and in a lot of our work, there's Easter eggs here and there. Um, you know, there's a lot of Marvel uh, fanatics that find them, some they never find. Um, and even in some of our technology work, uh, in automotive and other, you know, cybersecurity things like that, there's always like a, a little uh, tweak or a little bit, a little bit of an Easter egg in there in the design that uh, that's there for a reason. But you know, people kind of see it but don't. So there's always like this magical um, uh, experience or magical moment that's in there uh, that we try to try to hide. Would we be able to get uh, one of those Easter eggs that, you know, you're surprised no one has noticed? Would we be able to, you know, uh, peel back the curtain just a little bit? Sure. So, um, what was it, Captain America Winter Soldier? There's, uh, there's a sequence where um, Captain America and um, Black Widow are down and they find Zola down in the, uh, in, 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 what is it, Lehigh? Yeah, Camp Lehigh. Uh, Camp Lehigh, and they're down in the uh, in the barracks. Mm -hmm. um, there's a uh, like a microfiche. There's like a, a back end story of the Winter Soldier, and you know, kind of how he influenced history and things like that. There's a little montage that we did. If you um, if you if you have a quick enough finger, if you pause it on the part where there's a bunch of scientists in uh, in like a newspaper clipping with uh, Armin Zola. Um, the rest of the scientists are actually uh, the crew of Perception. It's all our faces. Oh, that's cool. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's one out of like... Heavily photoshopped. Yeah. Oh, yeah, know, yeah. So we don't yeah, just yeah. look like the way they yeah. look in that picture. Um, there's a couple others, but uh, that's that's the one I'll tell you about. Of course, I use my body in the, uh, in the uh, original Captain America when... Uh, when they when they saw it, when you see Chris Evans as like this little um, skinny little kid, yeah, that's my body. And then after they injected him with the super serum and he comes out, that's more uh, Jeremy's body. <laughs> I knew it. See, that could be that's a Banner Hulk collaboration right there, or a correlation rather. That's right. That's right. Well, one of the craziest things, the first Marvel project we got an opportunity to work on was Hulk versus. And, and the one that we actually worked on was Hulk versus Wolverine. And like I said before, Wolverine is my, uh, my number one mm -hmm. uh, character that I love, and obviously Hulk is Jeremy's. So the fact that we got to work on that as our first project was, uh, 
was amazing. So as a uh, diehard X-Men fan, Wolverine fan, how excited are you for the prospect of one day seeing Marvel's Merry Mutants join alongside the Avengers, the Eternals, the Guardians of the Galaxy on the big screen? Uh, extremely excited. It's definitely uh, it's a dream come true for any Marvel fan. Yeah, it would be awesome. I, but backing up to the question on the origin of perception, part of the or sole reason that I think I've heard of the word perception, and it goes back to a music reference, which we do throughout this podcast, but... The Doors of Perception, I think, is a work, and I can't remember the art, the author of this, but that's I think Aldous Huxley. Aldous Huxley. There we go. And I and believe Stan Lee's reading it in uh, Doctor Strange. This in... is hilarious. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Yes, it is. There the, we go. Is that it? In the bus. I think he's in the, on a bus something. or something like that. Yes, exactly. That's where I'm that's thinking that uh, where the group, may, I mean, it could be off because of the name, but the group, The Doors, where they partly, uh, if not wholly, got their name from. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, I'll tell you, the word is, uh, it, it's got a lot of great, you know, meanings and, and, and uh, purposes, you know, for us over the years. You know, we're talking to uh, clients about their brand. It's always about the, the perception of their brand. And just the word just seems to come up in, in conversations all the time with, with clients and brainstorms, um, even unintentionally. And uh, it's just, it, it, was a great, it was a great choice uh, 20 years ago. It's a smart, happy accident, you know? Yeah. Yep. And the other, the other aspect of it that we both, you know, loved from the very beginning was this, this notion of the five senses and that the work that we do, we wanted to, uh, you know, engage as many of the senses as we could, not just the visual, but, you know, the auditory and the tactical. And the work that we do now with, you know, real technology companies, we're able to bring in senses of, uh, of touch and, and hearing and create more of an immersive experience for a user. Uh, and of course, with the feature film work, sound is such an important part of that. Um, and even feeling, you know, some, some of the, you know, these films you, you can literally feel in your chest, and, you know, the intensity of them. And coming soon, hopefully, the return of Smell-O-Vision. Yeah, yep. Let's get them all, kids. Let's get them all in there. Oh, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. Come on now. I was just in Disney World last week, and, and all these 3D movies have all that. You know, they, they, they blow out the smell, and then they shoot out the, the water. Yep. Uh, they, all, they all try to engage all of the senses. It's, it's awesome. I'm going to take a guess and say you were on Muppet Vision 3D. I was. That's, I did it all. That's, that's my uh, plan in January. I cannot wait for that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, overall with... Uh, with the work with Marvel, also there's a lot of design work in terms of logo design, I imagine, correct? Yes. What would you say is the uh, the crowning achievement of like the work you've done, at least logo-wise, especially? Uh, I would probably I would say the Marvel Studios logo. Now, are we referring to the one where it's got the one that always changes in every movie? Yes, correct. Yeah, oh, we, we my... did that in uh, 2016. Uh, it premiered with Doctor Strange. I love that it was a different version of the of the logo animation, which we had we did not do. Um, but since 2016, our our design has been in front of all the films, and it's always customized yep. to the characters of that film or to the moment. You know, we did one with a Stan Lee retrospective. Yeah. We also did one with a Chadwick Boseman tribute. Um, so we love the fact that you know Marvel Studios is uh, always trying to uh, you know personalize it to the film. 
Yeah, well, I think even with the viewing this past weekend of the Eternals, that Shang Chi was seen in the M of Marvel, I believe. And sorry, sorry about that. I was just going to add that we also uh, did the ten-year anniversary of the Marvel Studios with the ten in it. Oh yeah, sure, that was excellent. Yeah, and you know. Mm-hmm. It's so cool to see the uh, customization of it as well because you know you know Eddie just mentioned with Eternals, I love seeing like right before when you see right before you see the uh, film script getting made, you see Jack Kirby's illustrations of the Celestials and uh, you know as a diehard Kirby fan, I'm just going oh my god you guys he's so cool yeah so King Kirby hell yeah Kirby hey, the king. I named my dog Kirby look at that <laughs> see that. <laughs> It wasn't just yeah, you got the... it true. You got a real. I mean, you know, I I, I should have named my dog Logan, but no, no one else in the family liked that name. But Jeremy's uh, other dog was Bigsby. May he rest in peace. And and uh, and this one's Kirby. So he's staying true to the. Uh, it's a theme to the MCU. Jeremy, Jeremy, you you mentioned Kirby. You can't you know not mention your favorite Kirby work. Yeah, I love his paintings. The, you know, some of the, the, the bigger scale paintings that he's, he's done are incredible. Um, but, uh, you know, everything, everything that he touched is, is pure gold. My, I remember uh, you mentioned the paintings. A friend of mine who used to run a comic book shop, Dark Tower Comics, in uh, Newburgh, New York, he used to have, like, original Kirby art sitting in his store. Like, he had one of the, uh, the paintings in there, and it was incredible to see. Yeah, it's awesome. So all are equal footing in in the Kirby world for you then. I mean, like I just went to Captain Victory, for example. I lo- I love that Eddie will find any way to shoehorn in Captain Victory now. <laughs> I'm waiting for a Silver Star reference. Double I'm Dinosaur. So- I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. See now. When you mentioned Devil Dinosaur, I really want to see what you guys could do if a Devil Dinosaur movie were to come down the pipeline. There, I could imagine you guys would have some fun with that, especially. Yeah, that would be that would be a lot of fun. And then you'd have Moon Boy. You'd have to include yours, Moon Knight, and you'd even have to have Moon Dragon, probably too, right? Well, Moon, I would imagine they're getting something ready with Mooney in the uh, foreseeable future. But mm-hmm. let's not talk about that because you know, Ixnay on the Unme. I love who they just cast for Warlock. Uh, honestly, the casting choices of the last few months have been absolutely stellar. You know, pun mildly intended. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, just. What we have coming down the pipeline in terms of, like, I like that they're not drifting away from the cosmic elements of the Marvel Universe. They're actually still keeping a focus on that while also ramping up other elements, like the street-level characters like Shang-Chi, Mooney, just Mm -hmm. doing their own thing. And I can't wait for all of those worlds to cross, you know? Mm. Yeah, I just saw a a quick interview with... uh with the warlock uh, actor and his hair is already looking like he's uh he's training he's got to hit the gym though everybody who works in the marvel universe has to hit the gym <laughs> they get injected with the serum and they go to the gym that's the way it should be i mean what's his name uh kingu in uh kamal uh in eternals he like was on the cover of men's health magazine and he's like you know yeah. you, like shirtless ripped in the entire movie he doesn't take his shirt off once yeah so... he was jacked everybody is i love it so it goes without saying, I think that you guys have seen Eternals? No, I'm, I, oh. I, I haven't had a chance. I'm going to go this weekend. Okay. This is why on our show we tread very lightly in regards to spoilers. We, we realize not everyone has seen it, so just, yep, you know, yep. we always play it safe. Sure. Yeah, yep. 
and it's a whole other episode for us as well. So we're not Variety magazine, or we're not Variety, the uh, paper that uh, puts out spoilers as the headlines. That's a right. wonderful thing to do. But I digress. Now, Eddie. Yes, sir. Any other things that we can speculate on that that's coming down the pike for you guys, or other other things, interests going on with you? Uh, sure. Uh, there's a couple of Marvel projects we're working on. Uh, next Spider-Man that's coming out we're working on. Uh, there's a couple other ones that I can't say that we're working on, but sorry. <laughs> oh, my God, you guys uh, are doing brute force? Go ahead. Brute force? You guys are doing brute force? I've always wanted to see a dolphin on the big screen. Nope, not doing that one. Oh. Well, some things have been revealed, and Peter will know re- more readily things that are supposedly on the way to be coming out. So, In the interest of fairness, I can't say that because they've announced things. I'm like, wait, I didn't even hear about that. So, oh. no, I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. I thought within the next several months, though, you had a handle on what we're going to be getting. I think, that, what's the next thing coming out? Well, Spider-Man, Thwip. There you go. All right, beyond that. Hawkeye. Okay. Uh, Ms. Marvel. Mm-hmm. And so you guys are on board with all those coming? We come on board with with uh, going to see them in the theater. Yeah, exactly. Or on Disney Plus, wherever it's uh, wherever it comes out. Mm-hmm. I'm on board. But I can't confirm nor deny um, any other films that we'll be working on. We're when working it, on a couple of non-Marvel films. What uh, are you able to entail to us? What those may be? Nope. Well, <laughs> Now be honest. I love the magic of the <laughs> NDA. I'll give you a little hint, though. It, uh, we worked with a uh, with a director on a Marvel film who's doing a non-Marvel film, and that's why we're working with him on the non-Marvel. I think I know I think who I you're know. talking about, and I'm not going to uh, speculate out loud. Uh, I might, you know, write it down on a piece of paper and pass it to Eddie momentarily. But sure, that is, that is tremendous. I like that. Maybe when uh, when we cut the podcast off, we can we can share a little bit more just for your ears only. Sure. Very cool. Now, we 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 remiss. Obviously, I talked about it at the beginning of the show, but WandaVision, that oh, I mean that end credit scene, just the uh, the whole element of playing around with television, you know, zooming in and you see the cathodes, you see the little mm-hmm. like. Being, you know, an inquisitive kid as a child, going face first into the TV, the CRT monitor, and looking at the little colors, and I'm like, why, why do I have terrible vision, you know, at 32? But just being able to see all that stuff, those elements, what was that creative process like? Um, I just wanted to be the little girl in Poltergeist and just shove right through the TV, you know? <laughs> Again, I love the hell out of that. But the creative process was... Um... Uh, you know, I mean, the, the team came up with the idea. It was it, it was brilliant. And then when we started to see the frames come to life, um, you know, putting it together and sending it over to Marvel, it was clear that it was going to be something that was, like, you know, d- different than what we've done in the past. You know, we always kind of – every title sequence we do is different. But this one, there was something about it. It was just – it was actually, like, beautiful, you know, like like Black Widow was – was cool, but it was it was very uh, dark and and moody and stuff like that. But WandaVision was just uh, it was special. I think it was one of the best ones we've ever done. It was really really nice. And, you know, we were nominated for an Emmy on that. Oh yeah. Okay. Were you yeah. guys surprised that like the uh, the feedback that we this... lost? <laughs> uh, 
I'll be completely yeah. honest, and I'm not just saying this because you guys are here. You guys should have won because that was a phenomenal job on the overall presentation. Yeah, you don't have like, to be honest. I know we should have won. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing that I, well, want, I was going to say is— As a matter is, of fact, I challenged the other company to a title sequence— Rematch? Competition. Uh, we'll call it like a dance-off. <laughs> Bro. We'll now, call it a design-off. Get them on a podcast with us. See what happens. I'm, or in a cage I'm, match, maybe. I am so— better. And again, we can bring in, you know, a friend of the show, WWE referee Jason Ayers. We'll bring him on board for that. We don't mind. But Perfect. One of the one of the things about that uh, presentation, overall of it, you know, all these months later, that show dropped in the beginning of the year, January— and people are still talking about WandaVision. You know, you go to comic conventions and you see nothing but Wanda and Vision cosplays just over and over and over. Are you guys surprised at the impact that show has? Um, not really. I mean, Vision was one of my favorite characters also. Um, I think it's just a great duo. Well, you know, I mean, especially for Halloween, if you got, you know, the wife or the girlfriend, whatever it is, uh, it's just a perfect combo um but i think uh you know i think there was something about it too that with the show that it was like retro throwback to like brady bunch era and a bunch of shows that us older folks grew up with um and that the newer you know the newer we'll call them kids see and they're just like wow this is kind of like uh i guess tacky but uh interesting to watch um so uh, you know i think it played to a lot of different uh different folks i mean on my end you know i equated it to like a uh, a superhero twin peaks in that you know everyone every week was speculating about what everything meant and again mm -hmm. did you guys ever see the uh, speculation you know from the uh, fandom of even you know the work you guys did on the credits like what you know those things meant in the uh, credits um I can't think of uh, anything in particular. No. Did you guys see stuff? Every once in a while, like, you know, just like the, uh, in, like, why this image was shown or why that image was uh -huh. shown, stuff like that. It was a lot of, you know. Yeah, I mean, the whole show sort of felt like a, a riddle, right, that you had to figure out as it mm. was going. Um, every week is a different era. It was very smart and, and very unique. There was no, there's never been a show, you know, quite like it. And the fact that they, they filmed it in front of a live studio audience, uh, just very authentic to the material that they were conveying. You know, they, they did an amazing job, uh, everyone involved on the film. So, you know, we were just really, uh, really excited to be a part of it. Uh, obviously proud of the title sequence that the team here did and the nomination and all the attention we've gotten. And the, and the uh, I guess, the opening, the openings for each one? The openings, you know, yeah. Kind of a throwback and pay, yeah, I mean, that was a, that paying was, tribute to the older shows. That was uh, made, made the experience even even better was the fact that we got involved in more than just the end titles, but, yeah, a bunch of the openings and some of the graphics throughout. Well, it's great that you guys have been involved in so much here in the Marvel Universe, cinematically or otherwise. And, you know, 20th anniversary, that is nothing to sneeze at. Congratulations again. And glad Thank to you. hear that you got more coming up, so you got more work ahead of you. Yeah, yeah. Us too. <laughs> so now, so now, before we go, how can people get a hold of you guys on social media? Uh, well, uh, the website is experienceperception.com. Uh, you can go to our YouTube channel right there on the website. You can see a bunch of uh, 
videos from projects to uh, history about perception. Uh, Jeremy and I did a whole channel uh, of... Uh, the channel is Perception NYC on YouTube. Yeah, on YouTube it's Perception NYC is a channel. Um, so you can learn more about the, the studio as a whole and, you know, look at a bunch of our, our uh, work from the Marvel Universe all the way to our technology work that we've worked on. The Twitter is uh, EXP underscore perception, short for experience perception. Um, but experience perception, one word, is Facebook and Instagram. Very cool. Jeremy and Danny, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us and provide what? another wonderful episode of, or incredible in this case, of The Marvelous. And we wish you nothing more than continued success. We love what you're doing. Well, thank you. Thank Thanks you for having us on. For The Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Danny Gonzalez. I'm Jeremy Lasky. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior. <laughs>